Let's begin. So the last time I preached in Romans from Romans 8 was uh, November of last year. And the men, uh, it was during the men's conference. And uh, as I recall, a lot of the men received a lot of grace during that conference. And uh, almost all of you were completely turned upside down. And because this text contains all the things that men like, uh, for example, it says that you are going to be kings with God. And men like these kind of uh, these kind of proclamations rather than uh, words of words of repentance. And men men like being called kings and being called leaders because it empowers them. Today we are continuing the the topic of the Holy Spirit. And most churches, when they talk about uh, when they talk about the Holy Spirit and when they talk about what the Holy Spirit does for us, they don't really focus on why the Holy Spirit was given to us. In Galatians five, verse sixteen to twenty-six. Uh, it talks about the heretics that were present in the era of the Galatian church. And the reason why those heretics came out was because they were mixed and they stopped living by the Holy Spirit. And how can you, uh, how can you not uh, stop living by the Holy Spirit is to walk with the Spirit and live, be led by the Spirit and take each step with the Spirit. This is the fundamental appearance of those who who are living with the Holy Spirit. And number one, the first thing you have to do is to take away your own will, your own strength, in order to walk with Christ. Because when you're still holding on to your own standards and you're, and, and you're working with your own thoughts, it's very difficult to follow somebody who's trying to guide you. And the second thing is you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and not the world. Even when you're in the midst of uh, difficult situations, you're not, you must not respond to the situation itself and be, be tormented by it, but always be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and, and see where He is guiding you and how He is guiding you. You have to know the will of the Holy Spirit uh, in, in, in which why He has given you this. Uh, he has allowed this time of suffering to come upon you. And when you're not living by the Holy, when you do not live by the Holy Spirit, and you do not believe that your your sins have been cleansed by Him, then all the the records of sins that is that is uh, spoken in Hebrews is still present within you, and that 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 sense of guilt is what this hinders you from being able, to, being able to come before the Lord. And uh, the reason why you're mixed is because you have been living by the world, because you have compromised with the world. And that's why you cannot fully enjoy the abundance that God has given to us. So that's what I spoke about when I, when I spoke from the book of Galatians a couple of weeks ago. And when we go into 1 Corinthians, I'm, of course I'm going to talk about the spiritual gifts that come from the, living with the Holy Spirit. 
But as you know, uh, even though the Church of Corinth had had were had this, they were able to utilize their spiritual gifts. There was an issue with with, uh, with where their focus was. The second thing is when uh, in the sermon of the Eye of the Typhoon. This typhoon is a great typhoon that is able to blow away everything. But the power, the source of that power comes from the eye of the typhoon, which is in the center. And that center is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, uh, who is dwelling, indwelling within us, tells us of, of our sins and tells us about His judgment. So he lets us know about this, this sin, and then he, te- he, he tells us about his judgment, and then he tells us about his righteousness. And the reason why he's able to tell us of these things, uh, reveal these things to us, is because he's working together with the Word of God and the, and the blood of Christ, which is circulating within us. So the, uh, the, 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 the core function of the Holy Spirit which uh, dwells within us is to tell us of our sins and to reveal His judgment and righteousness within us simultaneously. So the, all, all this I have talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. And if you're still a little bit confused about this, then please uh, re- listen again to the sermon. Protector, right? The second uh, function of the Holy Spirit is that He is a, a spirit of protection. He is a protecting spirit. He is an advocate for us. And uh, last week, when we were in the city of Pordon, we could see how God was protecting us. Even though uh, the, the, the weather report said it was going to be very sunny, uh, the Lord allowed it to be a cloudy day so that we would not get tanned or get, uh, get, get, get too burnt while enjoying ourselves in, 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 a, in a friendly tournament that we held. And I also really enjoyed the play that we were we, that we saw during one of the shows. I almost wanted to get a signature from Pastor Yoon after his great performance as the main character of that play. Sometimes I feel like uh, our church members uh, excel at everything but living by the Spirit. And during my son's wedding, when I saw the kids singing, I felt like uh, it was. A, 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 I felt like they were they were like a great choir. Their voices were so, their voices were very pure. So all all the all the shows that were prepared were done very well. So let's applaud all those who were a part of uh, the performances. <clears throat> As you know, uh, the team that won, won it all was a uh, white team. 
so they get a coupon for for um, the fattening cake. Uh, and second place was Blue Team, and they get um, a five dollar ticket. And the third place was Red Team, which uh, they only get a packet of. We actually spent a lot of money to prepare that, that, that location and all the things that went into the performances. So uh, we need to pray that we can build our new church building pretty soon. Because I don't like spending money on these, these locations anymore. And there are not many places that are willing to, to, to accept us anymore. <laughs> and the, the main theme of today's sermon is the Holy Spirit and the church. And so all of the things that I'm saying right now is, is within this context. The, the, the order of the church is that the head of the church is Jesus Christ, who rules over the church, and the church rules over creation. And it is very important for the church of God to be unified together in Christ and to follow the, the one head of the church who is, who is Jesus. This is the spiritual system that God has given to the church. The four main uh, the, the, um, the systems of the spirit, uh, the evangelist, the prophet, the just teacher. The root of the word ecclesia, which which means the church, comes from the word uh, calling. And so to to be a part of a church means means that you have been called by God, and this was done very intentionally. And our calling has been given to us by God, who is, who is King. And so we cannot be separated from the, world, uh, from the church even if we wanted to. Because all the blessings that are given to us is given to us through the church, the, the blessings of Ephesians and all the rest. So you have to know that, that you are a church and that the church cannot be separated from the Holy Spirit. So that this is something that I spoke about last week. And what am I going? So today we'll be looking into Romans chapter eight. And uh, the 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 title for today's sermon is "Live by the Spirit." And so, what is the difference between living by the Holy Spirit and living by the Spirit? Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you look at the text today, for the most part, it says to live by the Spirit and not by the Holy Spirit. And this is something that I've spoken about last time when, I, when we visited Romans chapter 8, but I'm sure you guys do not remember anymore. Uh, 
And uh, never once did I, did I speak from Romans 8 in the perspective of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, the way I'm going to, to uh, unravel today's message is going to be a little bit different from the last time that I, that I preached from Romans 8. Because we are talking about how we're supposed to live by the Holy Spirit. And so the focus of this message is going to be on the Holy Spirit. In Romans uh, chapter 1 verse 4, it says the Holy Spirit is the, is the spirit of sanctification. Uh, it says the, the Holy Spirit is a refining spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit that Jesus himself also relied on while he was working on this earth. And that's how Jesus was able to, to remain pure and remain holy by relying on the Holy Spirit which was within him. Isaiah 11, verse 7. It lists all, uh, all the seven spirits. That, huh? uh, the seven, seven spirits of Jehovah. He is a spirit of uh, fellowship, of, a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of protection. So if you believe in His name, then there's no reason for you to seek another source of life. If you truly believe that, that, that the, in, in who the Holy Spirit is and in the name of Jesus, then there's no reason for you to seek something else. If you do, then there's something wrong with your, uh, with what, what, with what you are believing in. And so, uh, our key to victory is dependent on who is able to not limit the the works of the Holy Spirit in themselves. So, the focus of today's sermon is on uh, living by the Spirit. So, from Romans 1 to Romans 5, just righteousness. It, it talked about the righteousness that God has given to us. And from chapter 5 through the rest, it talks about us glorification and sanctification. And as you know, the, the completion of sanctification is glorification. And the verse that says that God has given us His glorification is written in the past tense, which means that it has already been done for us. And that is the Lord's promise to make us holy and blameless. So if you have this true faith that you are a child of God, then you must be able to believe in this predestination and the promise of God that He has given to His children and His heirs. So you have to believe in this. And so, from chapter 8, God talks about, Paul talks about glorification. And specifically, uh, the, the, the message of glorification starts from verse 18. 
So then what does the rest of the chapter talk about? So verse, chapter 8, verse 1 through 17 is kind of, uh, functions as a bridge that bridges between the, the message of sanctification and glorification. And that's why the focus of this text talks about living by the Spirit. So how can you... How must you live in order to receive sanctification? You need to live by the Holy Spirit. And how do you reach glorification? And that's by living by the Spirit. Living by the Spirit means that you're within this fellowship with the Lord. So if you look at the text today, it, most of the, the, the words and most of the verbs are written in the present tense. Because Paul, Paul, uh, God through Paul is trying to tell the church tell the church that if you live like this then you will be able to enter into glorification. And Paul is saying if you live like this, if you want to reach glorification then you have to you have to live according to the message of today. And that is what verses one through seventeen is talking about. To live by the Spirit. And to those who are not saved, uh, there's no reason for you to talk, uh, talk to them about sanctification because it will only become a theory for them. And of course, they, they may be saved through this message. But in general, to those who are not saved and do not have the Holy Spirit within them, it would be very difficult for them to, 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 to get the idea behind today's message. <clears throat> and so for those of you who, who do not have this close relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit, this message may be a little bit difficult to understand. But to those who have been living by the Holy Spirit, then the message today will, will come to them very naturally. But if you're barely saved, if you're barely redeemed, and if you're living each day uh, without the certainty of your, of your salvation, if, you're, if you are to die right now and you're unsure of where you're going to end up, then the message of today will be a little bit difficult to swallow. But nonetheless, all of us are, are saved. And because God has given us His anointing and His wisdom, we are going to be able to uh, receive today's message. So, receive today's message through the wisdom of God. Accept it. So, let's go to verse 1. Today's sermon might be short, but uh, judging by yesterday, it's probably not going to be. Right, let's begin. Uh, today, uh, 
Let's just fly, uh, fly past today's message because it is it is it is a message that you have already received before. So let's begin. Therefore, there is there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So uh, after verse seven, verse the chapter eight is a change of pace, a change of tide in in the message of Paul. Because up until chapter eight, uh, throughout verses uh, chapter one through seven, Paul has been speaking about his internal warfare that has, ha- that has been happening within him. That this severe spiritual warfare between the new self and the old self that he was fighting. So, uh, how you can judge where you are in this walk with the Lord uh, is to see how, what kind of spiritual warfare is, is going on within you. You have to see this battle that is happening between the old self and the new self. If the the the, the if the strength of one of of the old self and the new self is five to five or six to four, then that means you're in the midway point in your walk with God. And in during that period, you have to be very sensitive to the struggles, through the conflict that is happening within you. And this is a stage that all of us, everybody, has to go through at some at a certain point in their walk with God. In this process, in this progress of sanctification, this stage, this this period is something that we have to all experience and endure through. Because uh, the two sides are almost equal in force. Um, the spiritual warfare is constantly going on. And uh, I had to endure through this period for around... Uh, Paul probably had to endure through this time for around four years. And it was a time of great distress and difficulty for Paul. But that was up until chapter 7. And s- starting from chapter 8, uh, his tone changes because he has he's finished with that period and that's why he begins this chapter by saying therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of the sin and death and so Paul is proclaiming his, his freedom from from death and from the law because he has endured through this time of great conflict And before, before you you have gone through this, this this process of killing your old self and strengthening your new self, it is difficult for you to fully utilize the authority and power that God has given to you. In 1915, was it uh, on March the first? That is a very important day for uh, the Korean people. Because the first day that the Korean people rose together to, to, to proclaim their independence from Japan. But in reality, they were still not freed from the forces of Japan yet. It was just them proclaiming beforehand. It was more of a polit- political move because they were not fully independent from the forces of Japan yet. But in 1945, uh, 
in August 15. Yeah, that day was the is the true Independence Day of of uh, the nation of Korea. So it's not easy to be the head pastor. You have to go. With, you have to be 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 uh, knowledgeable in all areas. So this is what independence is. What freedom is. fundamental reason why we should live each day with ins- being inspired by God and being inspired by the Holy Spirit is because of salvation, because of the event of the cross. And that's why since you have experienced, experienced this event and Paul has experienced this event of Damascus, every day, each and every day, he lives with, with a new inspiration and a new thanks, thankfulness, gratefulness. For God, because uh, because He has been saved from all this, and the second inspiration comes from our our, our uh, from our freedom, freedom from death. And that's why it is very important for us to continue in this fight of, uh, that is happening within us, to continue to fight against the old self, to, to nullify its power. Those who are diligent in the spiritual work and those who are, are able to come before the throne of grace each and every day to encounter the Lord are able to maintain this inspiration, this sense of inspiration that comes from, from believing in your salvation and believing in this freedom that God has given to you. But if this inspiration has been taken away from you, if this joy is not present within you, then that means, then that is a, 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 a proof that you have been affected by the flesh, that you have been living by the old self rather than the new self. And if you continue to live by the old self, then it is written in the Bible that you are going to die. And so when we're living by the new self, when we're living by the spirit, we have to continue to kill ourselves, to deny ourselves and surrender ourselves completely before God. And if you're willing to do that, then spiritual life and, the, and your walk with God does not, it's not, uh, uh, becomes easier. So uh, and, uh, you have to continue to rely on the Holy Spirit to live by the new self and continue to trample the new self. And as you continue to do so, it's going to accumulate within you. This holiness is going to accumulate within you. And at some point, you you will sense this this great freedom that comes from being being freed from the grasp of sin and from the temptations of sin. And from then on, it becomes easier for you to live by the Holy Spirit to live by the new self. Because you're no longer very longer easily affected by the temptations of sin. And when I think about the church, and when I think about what Jesus had to go go through to to pay the price for church for and for the for humanity, then I cannot cannot take this this responsibility that God has given me lightly. 
I have to stay focused, stay alert, and stay diligent in my prayer life, in my walk with God. Because Jesus had to pay the ultimate price for us. So I cannot be spiritually lazy. I have to continue to pray, to hold on to God, and to continue to deny myself and, and sur surrender myself to God. And uh, at first, when I was trying to learn English, I couldn't get the, the idea behind this, this language. Even though I was living abroad in America, I couldn't fully understand uh, how to, to learn this language. But after three years of living in America, I finally started to dream in English. And because English started to, to come, I started to understand this language, finally. And it is the same with living by the Spirit. At first, it is difficult to grasp the concept, uh, to get the idea behind how this is supposed to be. And many people, when they come, when they're in the stage of Gilgal, uh, they they fall into despair and distress because they they do not understand what this what this is and how to endure through this time. But it is very important for you to pass through this time of Gilgal so that you can reach the next stage and the next stage and eventually reach Jordan. Anyways, after severe, the severe conflict that happened within Paul, he's able, he was able to experience this true freedom that comes from being victorious. So Paul went through all, the, all these, these conflicts of, of, of being uh, in despair, in guilt, in loneliness. And he was able to experience this true, true, true um, inspiration that comes from experiencing this freedom. And for those of you who have not experienced this freedom, cannot understand what Paul is saying right now. So after you have been saved by God, it is very natural for you to go through these stages, so to not fall into despair. But even after being saved by God, if, you're, if in your day you're constantly still thinking about the world and thinking about uh, what you want to enjoy in the world, then that means you're in a very serious state. Right now, in the case of Elder Chu, the doctors keep saying that there's a lot of problems and issues that, that, that uh, is within his body. And that is the perspective of the medical professionals. But my perspective is different. Right now, it is true that there's a lot of infections and a lot of issues that is within his body. But the way I see it, um, the very fact that his body is, is still uh, responding to these germs and responding through these, to these infections means that it's, it is still alive and trying to stay alive. And there I see hope. Because um, for the other people who have lost hope uh, and, and those who are truly on their deathbeds, their bodies basically give up on, it, uh, on recovering itself anymore. And that is truly, uh, that, that, is the, that is the state where you can say that this person has given up on trying to live anymore. But that's not the case of Elder Chu. In the same way, even if we are in the midst of, uh, of a difficult situation, if our spirit is continually to yearn, uh, is, is still yearning for God, and still trying to respond to God, and that means the hope of, of God is still within you. 
So right now you have to see, look at yourselves to see whether or not you're still responding to God. Is your spirit still yearning for Him, to yearning for this holiness? Do you still have a hatred for sin? Are you still groaning to the Lord? If yes, then you are. Then, uh, then there's still hope for you. And that means you're able to, uh, to, to, to give, a, give this confession like Paul did, that, saying that I'm the, I'm the sinner of sinners. And because Paul was able to endure through this time, he's able to give this kind of great confession and proclamation saying there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. And what does it mean to be in Christ? It means that you're in this relationship with the triune God. And you're, 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 you're able to have fellowship and communicate with all three, uh, all three faces of God. Because if you're within this dynamic relationship with the Lord, then you're able to still uh, have fellowship with Him. And that means you're seeing that you're a child of God. And that means you're also invited to the, the Holy Assembly in Heaven. So when you're able to maintain this life of living by the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to experience what, this, what, what it means to be connected with God in life. That was the proclamation that, that is written in Hebrews. And that is why it is written that the, the heavenly assembly is cheering for us. He's encouraging us because we share this, this relationship of life with God and with those who are in heaven already. If there's one person in, this, in, in our church is, is able to maintain this holiness, then that means that holiness spreads from that person to the whole church. And this whole church is able to maintain this holiness with that person. Because we are, we are also built on the relationship of life to one another. So I'm going to continue to ask you. If the Holy Spirit is, 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 uh, is ruling over you within, from, from within you, then it means that you're under the domain of God, who is the ruler of everything. So let's, the, let's say that the president, president of America went overseas. And, and that means that for this one person to go overseas means that around 200 people are going to be working around him to keep him protected and to, 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 to help him uh, in his work overseas democratic work. In the same way, when the holy ones of Jesus, when God's children are to move around and are to do His will upon the earth, and the whole heavenly assembly, all of heaven comes to aid that person in this task that has been given to them by God. So you have to believe that when you move, heaven moves with you as well. And I truly believe this, but because every time I go overseas to hold a conference, I know that God is moving with me, that all the heavenly hosts and the heavenly assemblies is moving with me. 
So that is what it means to be in Christ Jesus. So you have to confirm whether or not you are living within Christ or not. And when you're in Christ, you will no longer be condemned. You will not, be, you will not fall or stumble because of this issue of sin. So first of all, you have to believe that you are not condemned anymore, that you, you are not going to be judged. All the pain, all the sufferings that we, we endure in this world is, be, that is because of sin. But since we are no longer condemned by our sins, our sins, we no longer need to experience these things. And God, because He knew how, how big this issue was, this issue of sin is for us, He sent His one and only Son to come and die for us so that we will be freed, completely freed from this issue of sin. And He has taken care of the problem of sin for us. And that means that we are completely freed from the grasp of, of, of the devil because sin no longer has power over us. And ultimately, that means that we are liberated. We are free. If money was truly an issue for us, then the whole Bible would be written on how we are able to gather money, how to invest in, in something so that we can earn more money. But is that the case? No. The biggest issue for us was this problem of sin. But that, it, even that has been taken care of by God for us. And so we have become a great being afterwards because we have been completely take, uh, uh, liberated from this issue of sin. If, if sin was not taken care of for us, then it is very natural for us to fall into, fall into uh, depression or despair or be tied to uh, the, the burdens of our flesh. But since it is taken care of, for us, we, do, we no longer have to be tied to the burdens of the flesh. Are you sure? There's no judgment for us. Because sin is, is over. So what does this mean? Uh, it means that the enemy has no, does not have grounds to accuse us anymore. And the reason why you're still tormented by their voices of accusations is because even though we're supposed to be completely free from the, from, from the influence of sin, it means you still have, maybe have a sliver of doubt within this, this fact. And because you have doubt and unbelief within you, that's why the enemy is able to hold on to that and, and continue to affect you with these voices of slander. But plainly said, does, are we still... Do we have to pay the price for our sins? The answer to that is no. And so there's no reason for us to be uh, tormented by their accusations anymore. Because we do not have to go to trial anymore. Because the av our advocate has already paid the price for our sins through his blood. 
Guilt is one of the biggest reasons why we're in, unable to 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 experience spiritual breakthroughs at many times. For somebody who is not affected by the by the sense of guilt, is able to propel forward and accelerate very fast in their walk with God. But if we're still tormented by guilt, then uh, the enemy is able to easily co- uh, come into our, our uh, get into our heads by by accusing us of our mistakes and sins. And that is a great stumbling block that comes from between us and God. <laughs> you have to realize that this is, this is a great proclamation that Paul wrote. Know that sin is finished. Sin is over. That means in your life nothing becomes an issue for you anymore, especially the things of the world in your flesh. Those who are not believers, those who are not the children of God, nothing is guaranteed for them. Let's say they do not have money. Then because it is such a great issue to them, it, it, it is very possible for them to end up committing suicide because it is such a huge and big issue in their lives. But since we're believers, our guarantee comes from God. And so there's no reason for us to take our own lives because nothing in this world becomes because an issue becomes an issue for us because sin was the greatest issue but even that was taken care of by God and since we have been liberated from sin and from death there's no reason for us to be for us to die or, or be killed because uh, our, our, our lives have been, have been guaranteed by God but for those who are not saved by God, they do not have this guarantee, they do not have this kind of confirmation. And that's why they can take their own life so easily. And what does God guarantee? God guarantees that no matter what kind of situation you're in, no matter what sins you've committed, your life is guaranteed by me because I have saved you through my own, uh, through the price of my own blood. Can you, can you see how, uh, with what kind of uh, voice Paul is proclaiming these words? He's proclaiming these words with, with, with confirmation and with inspiration because he has already experienced this great liberation that comes from being victorious. So verse 2 it says, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of the sin and death. reason why it says the spirit has given has, has given us life when when the, also the blood and also the truth of God has given us life as well is because this the spirit is is the source of, of, of this life and it has it is indwelling within is dwelling within us and that's why the spirit is written before blood and before the truth 
And that's why when we choose to live by the Holy Spirit, we'll be filled with the source of life. So the children of God, when, when they live with the Holy Spirit, when they live by the blood of Christ, and when they live by the truth that has been given to them, uh, they were able to experience this completion of life. And to them, no matter what is what comes to them or what is thrown to them by the enemy it doesn't matter to them anymore because they know that they have been that the problem of their sin and death has already been taken care of so no other thing in the world can become an issue to them so money or, or people or your relationships or nature itself cannot become a problem or an issue for you because your sin and your death has been taken care of But when you commit sin, then you fall fall under the system of of the law and under the system of death, and you're under dominion of under the dominion of death. Uh, Those people who do not live by the Holy Spirit and do not live by the Spirit, you cannot say that they're alive because they do not live by the source of life. That even though they may appear as somebody who is living and breathing, they're not living. Because they're under, they're, they they are they do not have the source of life within them, and they're they are still living with the issue of death and sin. And when when God first created man, the first number one function that He has given to the given to humankind was the, the, the privilege to encounter the Lord, to meet with Him and walk with Him. And so, uh, when we live by the new self, the, number, the, the first thing that we can do is to encounter the Lord, the Lord once again. So whether you can sense it or not is not that important. The very fact that you're able to live by the new self means that you have the privilege to come before the Lord once again and encounter Him. So you can say that um, the, 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 the reason for existence is to encounter the Lord. And so there's something that we have to do constantly to encounter the Lord and come before the throne of grace each and every day, every day to meet the Lord. But uh, the unbelievers, the people who do not have, are, are not saved by God, they do not fulfill the, the, the meaning to life because they cannot encounter the Lord in the current state that they are, they are in. So it is very important for us to encounter the Lord. And you have to believe that the new self is always able to encounter the Lord. And some of you are still unable to uh, tell whether or not you're encountering the Lord in your daily lives. In the end, living by the Spirit means that your Spirit and the Spirit of God is unified together. Okay. Uh, so the reason why we, we don't say live by the Holy Spirit but live by the Spirit is because our Spirit and the Lord's Spirit cannot be 
cannot be defined as the same because they're not equal. And so it's supposed to be written in uh, um, the plural sense. That's why we have to say live by the Spirit and not live by the Holy Spirit. Because uh, when we li- live by the Spirit, it means we are trying to live while being uh, connected, being one as uh, being connected as one with the Lord's Spirit. So this, the the law is important in this sense. believe that no matter what issues or what problems come to you in the world it will not it will not uh, take away the li- life that God has given to you and so um, the problem with, with your life or your, or your sin is already decided and guaranteed by God but if you do not believe in his promises if you are not accepted, accepted the Lord then nothing is guaranteed for you the reason why sin and death and the law is connected is because once you commit the sin the law is going to accuse you of your sins and that leads you to leads to your death and so since that uh, the, the, the law of sin and death has already been taken care of by Christ it no longer has influence to, to overcome us Because Jesus himself has taken uh, uh, upon the flesh to come and take care of this issue for us. So for those who are able to receive this this by faith, then they're living in, in, in the source of life. And so those people who are living with this source of life do not, are not uh, tormented by their visions anymore or by, or, or by this uncertainty of life because everything is already certain everything is already guaranteed to them but if you're still concerned about where you're trying to go where you're supposed to go and by your vision or by the, the, the burdens of your flesh then that means you're still under the law of sin and death people of God, the focus of their mind is always in, in where the Holy Spirit is and how they're supposed to live by the Holy Spirit. And not, and not, um, not their minds are not filled with the concerns of the world. other people are focused on what they have what the things of the past what they did in the past and that itself is very foolish because it is something that has already happened <laughs> so you might blame the, the current state of your marriage uh, your relationship with your spouse because of the things that your spouse has done or you have done in the past but no that uh, we should not be concerned with those problems. We should be concerned about what is done in the present, how we're supposed to live with the Holy Spirit in the present. So which time period is the Holy Spirit most concerned with? Is it past, present, or the future? It is the present. 
because the things of the past do not matter anymore, and the things of the future are already guaranteed by us by through the Holy Spirit. And so, what we have to focus on is what the Holy Spirit is trying to do through us in the present. You have to you have to be able to proclaim your liberation, your freedom, like Paul did in verse one. You need to experience this great inspiration that comes from being liberated, like those who have experienced uh, in the uh, the liberation of independence from uh, from from Japan. So let's move on to verse three. So this was the introduction, but it has taken a lot of time already. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh. So the reason why law is mentioned here is because it's mentioned above through the law of sin and death. So for what the law was powerless to do, this is mentioning the things of chapter seven. Is the law itself bad? The reason why uh, we are unable to follow the law is because of our flesh. The flesh itself makes it impossible for us to fully, fully obey the things of the law. Because our flesh is always pulling on sin. And, and, uh, the law itself was given through us by, to us by God, and it was done through an holy intention, with holy intentions. But because of our flesh, we're we are not able to follow those standards. So is it possible for somebody to be changed within the law? Can we say that somebody is completely transformed because they were they were very uh, faithful in 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 um, following these laws? No, it's, it is. Uh, it is impossible for those who are wearing the flesh. And since we are wearing the flesh, it is impossible for us to be, to be completely transformed and to become righteous by following the law of God. And before the time of Jesus, uh, God, God knew that even though he, he has given the law to the people, He knew that the people will not be able to fully become righteous through, by following this law. And that's why God, uh, let's move on to the second part of verse 3, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. God could have taken away the, our sins by just proclaim by by saying those words because there's power in His words. But why did He had to? Why did He send His one and only Son to come as a sin offering? Uh, because He knew that um, He Himself had to become the, the the hope of of man. That's why He sent His one and only Son to to wear the flesh just like us to become. To have, to have the same conditions as us and to show us hope that if you live by the Holy Spirit you will be able to live a holy and blameless life like Jesus did 
And that means while Jesus was walking on this earth, if he did not rely on the Holy Spirit, and if he was not alert and sensitive to the things of the Holy Spirit, then he could have committed a sin as well. And in verse 3, it says, uh, God sent his own son in the likeness of, of man, in the likeness of sinful flesh. It means that God, Jesus himself, uh, was, made into a, uh, was, was made completely into a man with the same conditions as us. So if he did not stay alert, if he was not sensitive to the Holy Spirit, then he could have committed a sin. There was a possibility for Jesus to commit a sin. But he was able to overcome these, these, these limitations and these problems and, and remain pure. That's why he, has, he, can, he is able to become our spiritual model. This is the core of uh, Christian anthropology. And because humans committed sin, uh, uh, also a, a human has to come and, and become a sin offering in order to. to, 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 to uh, they had to become sin in order to get rid of this problem fundamentally. And because Jesus, because Jesus became fully man, he was able to walk on this earth and not commit a sin throughout his life. That's why he was able to become the ultimate sin offering. And he has become the scapegoat for us. All the sins of humankind in, in all of history has been, trans, has, been, has, been, has, been, has been transported into him, transferred into him. And he died with all our record, with, with, along with all the records of our sins. So even though uh, all this sin was transferred to Jesus, it does not make him a sinner because he did not commit the sins himself. So anyways, after Jesus was baptized by John, all the, all the sins of human, human history was transferred into him. So he became the representative of humankind. And he was uh, sacrificed as the son of God. So everything, all the burdens of our sin, all the burdens of our flesh has been taken care of, taken care for us by Jesus. So the, so the sins that we have committed in the past and the sins that we are committing now and the sins that we will commit in the future have all been taken care of by Jesus in that one event of the crucifixion. He has taken all the res responsibility for us. So that's why even if you commit a sin right now, you're still called righteous because of that event. Because our existence itself has already been made holy and blameless by God. And we have been named the righteous and, and because Christ has justified us. And when, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, we have been nailed. All ourselves, our sins have been nailed on the cross with Him together. That's why it is said in, it is written in verse 1 that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus anymore. Because everything has been completed by, by Jesus. 
And that's why we can, we can be inspired by this liberation, by this freedom. So for those of us who have not confirmed of this, of this uh, event and this freedom, you really should uh, uh, repent and, and, and come to, to encounter the Lord once again and experience this inspiration while listening to the sermon. Because only when you truly believe in this fact where can you truly begin your walk of faith with God. And uh, redemption is the biggest issue that, 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 uh, that comes to me. Because even if we are to die right now, if we are redeemed, then our lives are guaranteed by God. And so we are able to experience this eternity with Him. But if you're not redeemed by the Lord, then everything is uncertain. You don't know whether or not you're going to go to heaven or not. Or you don't know why this problem is coming to you and where it's going to lead. There's no certainty, there's no confirmation, there's no uh, guarantee in your lives. So let's go into the main text of today, verse 4. So Jesus has, take care of, has taken care of the problem of sin for us by, by wearing the flesh and being nailed to the cross. The flesh itself uh, is a being that can, can that continues to pull on the temptations of sin and cannot help but to commit these sins. And there's no the flesh itself has no uh, has no function of of encountering the Lord has no function of receiving grace by God and it cannot it can only live by the law it can only live by in, in sin and death. And so if you, uh, if you understand what the flesh is and what it stands for, then it doesn't really make sense for you to live by the flesh anymore. The only reason why you're living the flesh is because you do not truly believe how dangerous and how foolish it is to live by the flesh. And the reason why we live by the Holy Spirit is not a matter of choice. It's because it is the only uh, reason, reasonable, the only, only way that we can live it is the only choice that we have from the, uh, uh, based, uh, to be frank. Because as soon as we live by flesh, we are tempted and we will eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when we live by the flesh, uh, when we live by the spirit, when we live by the new self, it means that we're living as a being of a new creation. And with that comes all the, uh, all, the, all the power and authority that comes from God, which is given to His children. Those who are redeemed have the privilege, have the authority and power to live by the new self. So verse 4 says, In order that the righteous requirement of the law may be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Well, 
to live according to the Spirit means that my Spirit and the Lord's Spirit comes together to be unified. So, uh, for the Spirit, for, for, for you to be guided by the Holy Spirit means that you and the Holy Spirit is unified. So how you're being, how you are being guided by the Lord is dependent upon how, uh, where your spirit is is connected. Is your spirit connected with the old self or or to the new self? When you're living by the flesh, when you're connected with the Lord, then your your mind, your soul, your your whole body is going to be filled by by God and by His glory. But when you're connected but to the old self, then that means you're connected to uh, the flesh which has the function of pulling on sin and you start to respond to everything by the flesh. Ephesians 4 chapter 6 says that we, have, we can bear the, the death of Jesus in our lives. And that means when you live by the Spirit, you're able to stay sensitive to the things of the Holy Spirit. And that's why you have to uh, lengthen the time that you spend uh, while maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because this is all uh, uh, a part of this progress of, of, of reaching sanctification. But for most of us, the time we spend in the presence of God is way too little. in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. So in us, the, the, the phrase met in us is written in chapter 3, chapter 6, and chapter 5 and chapter 6 as well. And uh, the, the, the word us here is written to, to the holy community who is willing to live by the Spirit. These are the people, this community is a group of people who, who, have, who have experienced this inspiration from receiving this freedom from uh, the law of sin and death. So in verse 4 it says, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be, might be fully met in us. So when we are when we are freed from sin means that we are freed from uh, the requirement of the law and, uh, and the death that comes and when you're within the law and within sin then you uh, you'll be accused by the law and that's what that, that, that is what leads to your death but when we live by the spirit we are not under this law anymore. We are not under the sin, law of sin and death. And we are able to escape this life of, of, of uh, 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 focusing on our actions rather than our spirit. And when you're living under sin and death and under the law, you have been living a life of dico- uh, life that is built upon di- uh, a dichotomy. dichotomy. And that means you're living under the standards of the world and you're constantly under the the guilt of your own sins. Uh, 
uh, when you choose to live by the Spirit, it means that you're not focused on what you're trying to, what, what, you, what you should do and not do anymore, but rather you're focused on where the Lord is, is, is leading you. And so when you live by the flesh, then it means you're, con- you're, you're still living with the debt of, of your sins, with, with the debt of your flesh. But after you have been saved, if you're able to live in the progress of, of sanctification, then you'll be able to escape this life of, of focusing on your actions. And you'll be able to see where, where, you, uh, where you have to be in order to experience this true freedom that comes from living with the Lord. And the reason why you're still experiencing so many difficulties and the reason why it is so difficult for you to live by the Spirit is because you've spent too much time, even though you're redeemed, you've spent too much time uh, living by the flesh and not by the Spirit. But when you're focused on the Lord, He will help you to live a completely different life from the life that you have been living before you have been redeemed. So after three or four years of living with Christ, after being saved, I was able to realize, oh, this is the kind of lifestyle that the Lord leads me to live. And this true freedom comes from, uh, from not taking responsibility for myself anymore because all I do in a day is to, to focus on the Lord and to follow His directions. And when you live that kind of lifestyle, the, the power of Christ will be revealed through you. And many of the brothers who are present here are still pressured, oppressed by the burdens of your flesh. And that's why even though you receive the Word of God each Sunday, uh, your, your lives are, you live a completely different life from the Word that you're receiving. Because this, the time you spent uh, encountering the Lord and li- living by the Spirit is still so little compared to the time you spend living by the flesh. Now think about how your lives would be changed when you, when you lengthen the, the, the time that you spend living by the Lord rather than living by the flesh. You will understand what it means to live in this freedom. Let's say tomorrow uh, you lose all your money and so you have no money to feed your family and your baby. If you live by the flesh, then that is a huge problem that you have to try to solve for yourself. But when you live by the Spirit, even that itself does not become a problem because you have belief, you have faith that God is going to feed you and your family no matter what. This is the reason why I said the, the message today is going to be difficult to swallow for those who are living by the flesh. So whether or not this message is easy to swallow or difficult to swallow is dependent on how, dependent on the percentage of the time you have spent living by the, the by by the spirit or living by the flesh. Those who are still under living by the flesh are are still focused on what they are going to eat tomorrow, what they're going to wear, and that is such a huge concern for them that they even dream about those issues. So this is something that I say every day. But what you what you're experiencing right now, uh, the inspirations that you're receiving right now, is dependent upon how much time you're spending before the Lord. 
uh, the key to your your your, your spirit、It、is dependent upon how faithful you are and how sincere you are before the Lord. Let's move on. Verse five. So this verse five is the conclusion of verse four. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. So those who live by the flesh, their minds are set on the flesh, and those who live by the spirit, their minds are set on the flesh,、uh, on the on the spirit. And the mind, the word mind here is the word nous, which is, we are familiar with. If you're living in the flesh, then that means all the things that you're receiving is filtered through、uh, your 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 mind, your nous, which is already、uh, already formatted to the world and to the flesh. But for those who live by the spirit, everything they see is is filtered through this lens of of faithfulness. And so those who live by the flesh, their nous is is pure and clear because it is all constantly、uh, cleansed. Uh, by 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 the spirit, and it only receives things through the spirit. But if your news is compromised, then everything you receive, everything you perceive, is perceived through these these compromised lenses. And so Paul is is talking about the number one thing that that is broken when we live by the flesh, and that that is our mind, that is our news. If you live by the flesh, then oh, oh, you receive everything through the flesh. So if it is the world, or if it is、uh, whether it's the world or or or, or depression, or all these negative things, it is received through you directly through your news. And those who live by the flesh live under the law of sin and death because、uh, because our flesh, our sarks, holds on sin, and、uh, its its destruction is already decided. Spiritual realm, our flesh needs to be put to death because it it is a, it is set on the path of destruction, and it is its end is already decided. And so, when you choose to live by the flesh, it means that your death is already decided. And so, no matter what you can accumulate in the world through your own own own、uh, efforts, whether it be name,、uh, reputation, power, or wealth, it doesn't matter because your death is already decided. If your death is guaranteed, then、uh, where where is the point to get gathering money? Where is the point to gathering people? So for those who are living by the, living in、uh, even though they're believers, and, but if they're if they're still living by the flesh, then、um, outwardly outwardly looking they may be normal, but spiritually speaking, they're always going between life and death, and so they're like a zombie, constantly dying and coming back to life, dying and coming back to life. But、uh, those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The Spirit will lead you to to experience victories over victories over victories. You are constant. You will be. 
you will be filled with the life of Christ as you live with the Spirit. So, it's more the first thing the mind governed by the flesh is death. It means you, you become an enemy to the Lord, you become a, a, a hostile to God. So when you look at this text, and if you, if you believe in what Paul is saying right now, then would you, can you possibly choose to live by the flesh rather than, spirit, rather than the spirit? Because it's here, if, if, if this message is true, it means that when you, as soon as you choose to live by the flesh, it means you have become an enemy to God. It's very simple, so I'm not going to go into detail. The Israelites complained a lot while they were in the wilderness. And in the end, they said, we need a king, we need a physical king to rule us because we do not believe in you. And so God uh, raised a man to, to, to rule over the kingdom of Israel. And that's what led to their destruction. Wesley who lived with God for 50 years. In the end, he said to one of his disciples, saying, the key to living with God is to not, is, is to not grumble before Him, to not complain about the things that are given to you or not given to you. But as you know, the Israelites complained constantly while they, lived, while they were traveling in the wilderness uh, and always reminiscing about their time about the good times, quote-unquote, good times that they spent in Egypt. But as you know, that is, that, is a, the, that is a shortcut to destruction and to judgment. Uh, verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Uh, the only way we can please God is to realize how uh, to realize our identity before the Lord and how pleasing we are to God. If you're living by the flesh, you do not realize how much you please the Lord. And all of you have parents, and, and the reason why your 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 existence itself is pleasing to your parents, and that's why they they, they always they, they will earn money in the world and work hard to to feed you and to nurture you because they love you and because you you as an existence is very pleasing to them. If you know how pleasing you are to God and if you realize that it's not because of what you're doing or what you have done but because of who you are then you you will be able to maintain this kind of uh, close fellowship with God. Why do I always emphasize about the f- about faith of your I- of your identity, faith of your existence? It's because you have to know how pleasing you are as an existence to God. And why were the, the authors of the Bible, uh, uh, why were the, uh, the disciples able to manifest such great power and great miracles through God? It's because they, tr- they, they, they believed what kind of being they were before the Lord. They realized how much the Lord loved them. 
not because of what they're doing, or not because of their ministries, but because of who they are. Romans 5 says, even though, even in the midst of sin, even when we were enemies to God, God chose to die for us because He loved us. And He has given us the name of His Son for us to use. I have already explained all the, the nobility and all the all the, uh, the grace of God that is written in the Bible to you guys. And the reason why this was given to us, given to you, is because He loves us. So it is important for us to realize how important, how pleasing we are to God. Many of us, even though we have been made princes, even though we are made kings, we still live like beggars. Because we don't believe in that identity. We still think we have to live on the streets, begging for money. So, are you a beggar or are you a king? Are you a princess? So there are many, many clear reasons why we have to live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. But when we live by the flesh, we start to doubt these, these, these uh, reasons. But when we live by the Spirit, we can fully accept the Lord's decisions and His promises. And that's why we are always uh, experiencing these great inspirations that come from believing in the Word of God. Because we're able to accept His love that comes uh, to us unconditionally. So there's no benefits to living by the flesh. There's absolutely no benefits to living by the flesh. And anything that you try to achieve or accumulate while living in the flesh is, is, is nothing. Let's move on to verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. So what is the Spirit? It is the Holy Spirit. And the reason why... Uh, being in the realm of the Spirit means that you're in fellowship with the Spirit. It means that you're in, in fellowship with the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is the Lord's Spirit. They're all connected together. It means when we're in the realm of the Spirit, it means we're within that, that relationship as well. And all these words are written in the present tense. It means that the triune God with all, the, with all their dynamic relationships is working within us. And so it says we are not in the realm of the flesh. It's very, very natural because we're within the Holy Spirit. We're living by the water, spirit, and blood and also by, within the, uh, the, the dynamic of the triune God. That's why we're not in the realm of the flesh anymore but in the realm of the spirit. And I always emphasize how important this is. Mm-hmm. 
when we're confused, sometimes we think that we can live simultaneously in the in, in the flesh and also in the spirit. But that is impossible. You're you're living in one realm or the other. So that's why it is important for you to lengthen the time that you spend living in the realm of the spirit and not the, and not the flesh. But those who, who spend more time in the flesh do not understand what this means and why this is important. And so it says, uh, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. What is the spirit? This is the spirit of God. If you live by the flesh, it means you're separated from the, from the spirit of God. But if you're living in the realm of the spirit, it means you're living connecting connected to the spirit of god and in that state the holy spirit is able to work through you continuously but when you're living in the flesh you're separated from the lord's spirit and that's why the holy spirit cannot manifest cannot be revealed through you our spirit is created 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 with a function to continue to receive things from the lord to survive but if you're living by the flesh, then that connection is cut off and you're no longer supported and by God. And you're unable to receive these nutrients, nutrients from Him. Uh, let's move on. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Growing up, is Paul saying if you're not redeemed, you are not, you do not, you do not belong to Christ anymore? No, he is trying to say that when you're when you're living by the also, when you choose to live by the flesh, it means you you are unable to uh, to experience all the all the benefits, all the blessings, and all the power and authority that comes from living from from being a children of God, because you're not connected connected to the Spirit of God anymore. Jesus became Christ when he was, was when he became the sin offering through the crucifixion, and the Holy Spirit is the Spirit that that, that proves that event. And so, the whole, the reason why the Holy Spirit is given to us, the reason why it is dwelling within us, is for 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 the Holy Spirit to prove of. Uh, the, the work of Jesus Christ and to also aid us to become like Him as well. And with that Holy Spirit comes all the authority, all the, all the uh, power and all the blessings that, come, that, that were given to Jesus. But when we choose to live by the flesh, we lose all those benefits, we lose all those power and authorities. So you have to be sensitive in this matter. Are you going to choose to live by the flesh or live by the Spirit? Because, uh, the, because the 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 side that you choose will depend on what what kind of uh, authority you're able to use. Verse ten. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. So now Christ is in you. It's talking about the dynamic of the trying to trying God and us being uh, abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in us. So right now the Spirit of God is working 
is working with us, within us, with uh, with uh, the royal anointing of Christ Jesus, who has been crowned king. So, as you remember, with Jesus, we have a sheen composition uh, 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 where we are connected with Him. Within us, God can come within us. Jesus, come, Jesus can come within us, and the Holy Spirit is already within us. And all, all, uh, and all three of them work differently within us. So, for those of you who are still beginning in the be- beginning stages of your of your spirituality, will not be able to tell the difference between who is working within you right now. But there's a clear difference in the tasks that they do within you. But verse 10 is talking about this fellowship that we have with all three of them. But right now he's focusing on the, the, the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Because through Jesus, our body has been subject... Before Jesus, our bodies were subject to death because of sin. And the body, word body here is the word soma, which which plainly is just body. But this body is also connected to the flesh, which is size. And when we choose to live by the flesh, it means our minds, our focus, and everything that, that, that is within us is, is leading to death. Because it is subject to, to sin once again. And why, uh, why does the Bible say that we should not be enslaved to, to the things of the world anymore? It's because we're no longer slaves to the world. We do not have this, these shackles on us anymore. So there's no reason for us to put these shackles on ourselves, even though Jesus has taken away all shackles. And, and since Jesus is, Jesus is within us, He has helped us put to death all the things of the flesh, all the things of sarks. And that's why I say that all the things that were, were given to you were obtained by you when you're not within the Lord, whether it be money, information, or people, it's all going to become poison to you. So, like I said, this is a very difficult message to accept. But your body, your body is a subject to death because of a sin. And Paul is saying, since because of Jesus, we can we can uh, completely neglect neglect the the influence of our bodies because it, it no longer has power over us. Let's say I am committing a sin right now. And even though our body is a subject to death, let's say you, you, have, you have fallen under the temptation of sin and committed a sin. Let's say you're in that state right now. Is your spirit dead or alive? So I'm, I'm making this illustration to help to aid you in understanding this message. Because your spirit has already received 
uh, the, 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 the Spirit of God. Your spirit is alive even though your body is committing this sin. Since your spirit has already received this righteousness from God, it is justified by the Lord, it, is, it remains alive even though your body may be committing a sin and is, is, is subject to death. But that does not mean that, that even though uh, your, your, your spirit is still alive and is still righteous, it does, it does not mean it, it is able to manifest, manifest its power because our mind, mind is, is connected to our body and it has committed sin. And that's why all the, all the power and authority and all the benefits that come with living by the spirit is cut off from us in that state. But since our spirit is alive, it means that we have hope to be to, to we have hope to be restored within the Lord. And so, even if even when you're in that state, if you are able to accept that the Holy Spirit is still with, working within you, and you're, you're and you are able to repent and be washed by the blood of Jesus, then you will be restored once again and be able to live by the new self and live by the Spirit. And in verse 10 it says, The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. This is the state of your spirit. The Spirit is always able to receive life from God and, and re remain in righteousness. As long as your salvation is not... Is not um, Revolted? No. As long as your salvation is now cancelled, your spirit is always has the possibility, is always able to uh, receive life from the Lord once again. And that's why repentance is so important for us. Because it is what allows us to, to turn from death to life once again. Let's talk about the prodigal son. Why was the son able to come back to the Lord, uh, to the father, after, uh, after spending all of his money? Why did he have the right, the privilege, to return to his father's house? The son was not able to return because of what he had or who he was. He chose to leave his father's household because he knew he thought he was be it would his life would be better off to not be under the father. The only reason why the son was was accepted back into the father's household is because of the father, because the father was willing to forgive everything about his son and embrace him once again. That's why he was able to come back. So let's say, for example, the son came back, but the father had no intentions of, of receiving his son once again. Then that son would have no right to, to return to his father's household. In the same way, the reason why we're able to come back to the Lord every time is because of what Jesus did for us. It's because we have been justified by Jesus. We are able to return to the Lord, not because of who we are. 
So why can't you repent? It's because you are unable to uh, confirm uh, your righteousness. The, the reason why we can repent is because we believe that we have been made righteous by God. So even if you fall down, the focus is not on why you fell down, the focus is on uh, how you're going to get up and the reason why you, you are able to get up. So that should be the focus of the righteous. Whether or not, it's not how many times you're falling down, it's how many times you're able to rise up again. Every time a righteous person falls down, they're focused on how they're going to rise up again and how they're going to trample and, and, uh, and, and pour their revenge upon their enemies. So whether or not whether or not you are able to believe in your righteousness is uh, is dependent on this. Are you focused on, uh, on 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 your fall or are you focused on your on your rise? Because the Holy Spirit itself is life, and we are connected to the source of life. And when we're in that state, even if we are to commit a sin, we still have hope to rise again because our spirits will be reformed and restored in Him. Let's move on to verse 11. And if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit that lives in you. So Jesus came to this earth while we're in the flesh and He has taken upon the sins of man and, and, and died on the cross. But who is the one that raised Jesus from the dead? It is the Holy Spirit and God. And the Holy Spirit is the, is the person that, that, that confirms of the, the resurrection of Jesus within us. And so when we remain within Him, So the beginning of verse 11 says Jesus and Jesus is talking about the Jesus who was uh, walking on this earth as a man who, and who had to take upon the sins of man but then it, it says Christ and Christ since he has died on the cross and has been resurrected through the Spirit of God he has become Christ he has been crowned as King of man And the Holy Spirit, uh, like we said before, is, is a spirit of, of purification. He's able to purify a person. And since Jesus did not commit a single sin while he was walking on, the, on this earth, he cannot remain in death because he was pure. And that's why he was able to be resurrected by, uh, by, by the Lord's Spirit. And because Jesus did not commit a single sin, he was not under the law of sin and death. And so death could not hold on to him. 
So where is the focus of the resurrection of Jesus? The focus is on the Spirit, Holy Spirit, which is the purifier. So the Holy Spirit is within us, and the Spirit of Jesus, the, the resurrected Spirit of Jesus is also within us as well. And that Holy Spirit is also within us as well. He is the Spirit of Resurrection, and that Spirit of Resurrection is connected to God. And also, it is connected to the Spirit of Jesus, which is the Spirit of Resurrection also. And that's the Spirit of Jesus is so pure and so sinless that it would, that death, death could not hold on to Him. And that's why He was able to be resurrected. So that's why in all our, of our lives, we need, we need to let the, the Spirit of Jesus and the Spirit of life and the Spirit of resurrection, let it uh, manifest within us. So when the Spirit of Jesus uh, lies within you, then it can resurrect your lives as well. Your, it can resurrect your bodies as well, according to verse 11. So like we said before, when, when your whole body is, 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 is taken over by the flesh, then, all, then your direction, your path is set on the path of, uh, path of destruction and death. But when you choose to be taken a hold by the Spirit, by the Lord's Spirit, then everything uh, that, that belongs to you is pointed towards life, pointed towards to the Lord's victory. So even though our bodies were set on the path of destruction and death, because of the Holy Spirit, and because He purifies us and has given us, uh, given us His righteousness, our whole direction is pointed towards life once again. So that's why I always say it's so important for you to lengthen the time that you spend encountering, encountering the Lord and living by the Spirit. Because the direction of your life changes depending upon where you're facing. And when you, when you choose by, to live by the new self, your mind, your spirit, your direction, all of this points, points toward Jesus, points toward the source of life. And this is the glory of creation that, that is uh, spoken about in the Bible. And that's why humankind has been completely transformed after the coming of Jesus. Because we have been made as a new creation after, uh, 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 the, after Jesus has become a sin offering. The, uh, all the things that were given to us through Jesus was impossible in the, in the era of the Old Testament. And it is, uh, even if, if God wanted to give it to, it, even if God wanted to pour this authority and pour these blessings and pour these benefits upon the people, people of the Old Testament, it, He could not do so because the people did not receive the Holy Spirit yet because they have not been saved by Jesus yet. And that's why uh, we who are living in the New Testament are blessed.
uh, as we near into the end times, we, we will start to see the difference between those who live by the Spirit and those who live by the flesh. And the eternal grace of God, His eternal word, and His, His, His eternal uh, glory is given to us. And it becomes a power within us, which, which, which uh, give us, gives us energy in our ministry. Let's move on to verse 12. Therefore, so Paul has been talking about what it means to live by the Spirit. And now he's going to conclude that message. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Who, who do we have an obligation to? We are indebted to, to God who has, who has done all these things for us. But when I look at you guys, it feels like you're, you're still indebted to the world and indebted to your flesh. We are indebted to, 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 to God and in Jesus because they have paid the price for, for our lives. So if anything, we are indebted to the Lord and not to the world. And nothing else in that sense either. But if you if you're still uh, confused and mistaken into thinking that you're you have uh, you're indebted to the world, then you will uh, fall down to everything that the Lord uh, that the world throws to you. But uh, since we are indebted to the Lord, do we have to pay for this debt? No, it has been given to us as as a present. It is done through the grace of God. And we cannot pay for his debt anyways. And so, the debt of grace that has been given to us by Jesus Christ is not a debt that we have to repay, but it is a privilege that has been given to us uh, that allows us to encounter the Lord whenever we want. Let's move on. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. So since we are not, we do not have uh, this debt in the flesh anymore. We don't have to live according to the flesh anymore. There's no reasons for us. There is no reason for us to live by the flesh anymore. So, like I said before, why do we earn money? Is is it to feed our families? No, we earn money because it is. We we, we earn money for the glory of God. But if you live by the, if you live by the Spirit, then you understand what this means. But if the reason for you to earn money is to feed your families, is to live in a better condition, then that means you're living under, uh, you're still living to the debt in, in, uh, in, in accordance to the debt of the world. Why am I preaching right now? Is it because I'm a pastor? No, I, don't, I preached when I was a lay church member. It's, I preached because it is the glory of God. The glory of God has to, be to, has to be applied to every area of your life. Since uh, now, uh, now that you have a, a newborn son, it is very dangerous for you because you might become indebted to your son. And especially to the brothers, this is a very important message. Because, because even though God has done some Done, done this great uh, act of grace for us. He has given us life and freed us from uh, the law of sin and death. 
we still live thinking that we are、uh, in debt to the world, and that's why we are oppressed by the world. We are oppressed by Babylon. And we live a life being chased by our、uh, by the burdens of our flesh. This is a very important principle. We do not live according to the flesh anymore. And you need to be bold in the spirit. If God does not give it to you, then you don't need it. You need, you need to have this kind of spiritual confidence and spiritual boldness. If it is not given to you by God, then then、um, it doesn't matter, because because God gives us everything that is necessary. So、uh, the things do, that we do not have does not become a problem to us anymore. When you live by the Spirit, you will have this kind of confidence. Verse thirteen. For if you, who is the you here? Is those who have experienced. Uh, this true freedom that is mentioned in verses one and two, those who are not condemned by the world anymore, those people who live according to the, if they live according to the flesh again, they will die. And this is a principle that has been made by God. And sometimes we might complain, saying this is such a, a difficult and heavy principle to follow. But in Hebrews two, chapter two、uh, eight, it, it says that we are that we are no longer just named victors, but we are. Actual, true victors in Christ.、And、the reason why these evil spirits are still roaming on the road is for us to confirm、uh, of our victory every time we are we come in contact with them. The reason why our our flesh is still alive, even though we, even though we have been redeemed by the Lord, is because we need to continue to work towards to trample trample、uh, our old self and our flashes, so that we can become true righteous beings, rather than just being named righteous beings. My children were、uh, one or two years old. I loved them, but that love was、um, uh, was mostly one-sided.、Uh, a one-sided love we do not say is agape because it is it cannot be called、uh, fellowship. In order for you to have a fellow, in order for you to have fellowship with somebody, you need to be on similar levels, on par with one another. So that you can、uh, communicate with one another and maintain this kind of fellowship, it is not not a one-sided relationship like like when my children were infants. In the same way, God wants us. God does not want us to to enter into His kingdom whilst having this kind of one-sided relationship, but rather He wants us to mature spiritually so that we can have this close close fellowship with close fellowship with Him, and to become actual. 
righteous beings before him. He wants us to, to grow and mature in the spirit so that we can understand the, the heart of the Father. That's why He has given us this principle. It is, not, it is not a harsh condition that He has made for us to suffer, but rather a principle He has made, out, made through love. So it is very important for us not to, not to neglect our flesh. <laughs> So, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. This is something that we have been talking about for a while now. It's we need to be connected, what be unified with the Holy Spirit to put to death the misdeeds of the body. So the misdeeds that are written here is the deeds of the the old self. Because the, the desires of the old self and the desires of the new self are always in, uh, in conflict with another, they're polar opposites. And that's why the internal warfare that's happening within is so severe. So you have to realize it is important for, for you not to let the old self uh, be victorious within this internal battle that's happening. The reason why you're bound, because the reason why you have these bitter roots within you is because you have neglected uh, uh, your old self and you have let it prosper and let it overcome your, your, your new self. All this happened because you have stopped, you have not responded by the spirit and responded by the flesh. The reason why uh, your whole vision and all the, all the things you long for is wealth in the world is because it's not that that the desire that uh, vision did not come in, in just one instance, but it's because it is an accumulation of all the times that you have spent living in the flesh and responding by the flesh that has caused you to be obsessed over success, be obsessed be obsessed over uh, the material wealth of the world. And so you have to put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. And how do you do that? It's to maintain the state of your self, to live by the Holy, to live while focusing on the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the one that can help you be victorious in this internal battle between the new self and the old self. I'm not telling you to to hold a knife against the throat of the old self. No. Uh, your victory comes from focusing on the on the Holy Spirit. If somebody comes and cusses you out, then you don't cuss back at them, back at them, but you stop and focus focus on what the Holy Spirit is is is, is leading you to do. If you respond by the also, then you will fall into despair through the words of that person, or you would you would. Uh, you will rage at them. But 
for those who live by the Spirit, they were, they were able to take a step back and see the overall situation and embrace that person if, the, if necessary. So, whether you choose the, uh, your overall outcome will be completely different dependent upon where you choose to live. Are you going to choose to live by the flesh or are you going to choose to live by the Spirit? And to those who live, continue to live by the flesh and have been experiencing these, these victories over and over, and, uh, and those who have been uh, continually experiencing failures in the, in, while living in the flesh, their two lives will be completely different, and their outcomes will be completely different as well. People who live in the flesh cannot, when something happens to them, they have no idea why that happened to them. But to those who live by the Spirit, they were able to see why this event happened to them while looking at the history of that person or, or, or because they're able to see the spiritual atmosphere at the moment. And those who choose to live by the Spirit will not... Uh, will not... Uh, let themselves be bound by the things of the flesh or bound by the things of the world anymore. Because even if they stumble or fall at times, they, they're able to, comp- they're able to uh, rise and, and be restored by the Lord instantaneously. They have that kind of spiritual instincts or, or serve, uh, spiritual reflexes. So you have to evaluate yourself to see what, uh, where you're standing, where you're responding, how, or how you're responding. And know that there's no situa- situation in the world that can happen to you that, uh, that, that uh, justifies you responding by the flesh. And to those who live by the Spirit, it will become easier for them to live by the Spirit from, as time goes by. The more you live in the flesh, the more you're bound spiritually. And the more easily you're susceptible to the attacks of the world, to the problems of the world, whether it be people, money, wealth. You'll always be bound in the end when you respond by the flesh. And the more you're bound, the more times it more time it requires for you to be restored in the Lord. So you need to escape this this cycle of evil and wickedness. And the Holy Spirit is already within you. It, it would be understandable for somebody to live like that if they did not receive the Holy Spirit in the first place. But you have all received the Holy Spirit, so there's no reason for you to live in that kind of wicked cycle anymore. Let's move on to verse 14. Verse 14 uh, de- uh, details the, the information of verse 13. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Living by the flesh and uh, living by the Spirit means you're under the guidance of the Spirit. And when you're living in this kind of life, and, you're, uh, and you should always confirm where you are, whether or not you're being led by the Holy, Holy Spirit or not, And being led by the Holy Spirit means you're, you're, you're set on the right direction. 
<laughs> and when you're being led by the Holy Spirit, it means your mind, your, your, your spirit, and your body are all, all these three elements are facing the Lord. Let's say as soon as the worship is over, you, you dismiss the Lord and you're, you start to live by your own thoughts. And you live by uh, the, 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 the impulses of your flesh. And that means you're living by the flesh once again. Be sure to know that as soon as you dismiss the Holy Spirit and as soon as you start to uh, live by your own thoughts, it means that you have turned against the Lord. It means, it means that you're separated from the Lord once again. And you will not experience any victories while you're in this state. God wants us to enjoy ourselves while, uh, as we as we is experience this prosperity. Many people, many Christians, think that the only time that they can enjoy themselves truly will be in heaven, where they're able to enjoy the rewards that they have earned. But no. As we as we live on this earth right now, we can pull on the the, the, the joy that comes with living in the world, uh, live, living with the Lord already. As we live our lives on this earth, because each and every day we can face the Lord and already encounter Him. So, do we have the privilege to to encounter the Lord? We do, and that's why we can rejoice in the Lord, even while walking on this earth. And it's because we can see the light of the gospel that shines from, from the face of God. And it's because Jesus has already come upon Jesus has already come upon this earth and has already died for our sins and has been crowned as king through his resurrection. And He has taken care of the issue of sins for, for humankind so that we can become the children of God. We can become His heirs. And He has given us His name through enduring through all the difficulties that uh, man can endure through on this earth. And so we are, we are truly in debt to Jesus. And it is a debt that it is a debt that we cannot repay with our own with what with what we have. But God has given to, uh, this priceless gift to us for free. And if you if you do not believe this, then you will not be filled with the inspiration that comes from our redemption. And this, this gift of God is so great that even angels will come and, 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 and uh, get a peek at what is within us because it is so precious and so great. But why aren't you filled with this, uh, with this with the joy? Why aren't you experiencing this inspiration? It's because you have been living by the flesh. And so you, don't, you do not understand how great this gift is for us. So let's move on. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves. <laughs> uh, 
so that you live in fear again, rather the spirit rece you receive by, by your adoption to sonship. So what is this saying? It means that we do not need to fear like the people of the Old Testament anymore. Because we have been made as a new creation that is different from them. So even though we have the fear of God in the New Testament, this is a different fear. This is a fear that comes by living under the law. It's the fear of God because uh, we are still, we cannot be separated from our sins yet. But uh, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to, adoption to sonship. So this is the spirit of sonship that we have been talking about. And we have been adopted into the family of God. We have become His children. We have become His heirs. And so we have been given the privilege to receive this inheritance from God. We have this right to uh, His inheritance. And along with that, uh, along with that inheritance comes all the, the glory, all the nobility, and all the privilege and power and authority that is given to the Lord's heirs. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. This is also a right and a, and a calling that has been given to us. We, are, we have the right to call the, the Creator God, the Almighty God, our Father. And this is a great proclamation that we have to proclaim against the enemy. That we are the children of God, so you have no right to come and touch us and to oppress us. All the family members, all the church members of Yorban Church have the right to call the Heavenly Father, he Heavenly Father, our, our Abba Father. And since spirits have a tendency to be oblivious, it, is, it forgets easily. That's why we have to continually remind uh, the, the devil and the evil spirits of the world, saying, you have no right over us because we are the children of God and we are able to call God our Heavenly Father. So, repeat after me. You devils of the world, do you realize who I am? I am the child of God. And So it, it feels great already to proclaim this in the air, but you have to realize how fearful it makes the enemy when, when, we, when we proclaim and declare these kind of things. And the very reason why they're trying to attack you and try to deter you away from the way of the world is because they're afraid of you, afraid of you as, a, as, an exist, as a being. So let's move on. Verse 16. 
Because we have this relationship with the Spirit, verse 16, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So the Holy Spirit and our spirit has been unified. And He testifies and, 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 and becomes witness that we have become God's children. The Holy Spirit has a very important role because it continues to uh, remind us that we are, we are God's children. So what does He let us know? He, let, he lets us know about our sins. But He does not say that that sin becomes a problem for us. Because He also pours upon us the Lord's righteousness. And He tells us, Do you know who you are? You are the kings of the world. You are under... You are the children of God, and so you have no reason to be influenced, to be, to be uh, intimidated by the things of the world. So even in the, in the midst of uh, committing a sin, the Holy Spirit will tell you that you are a child of God, that you have the right to return to the Lord. And that's why we say the Holy Spirit is a protector. He's an advocate. He lets us know about our sins. But in order for us to return to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit uh, allows us to, enables us to know how foolish it is for us. To live in the world. Let's move on to verse 17. Uh, the children word for children used in verse 16 was the word technon. But in verse 17, now if we are children, then we are heirs. So now it just plainly says that we are the heirs of God. And in our church, none of, our, none of, none of us belong to uh, a family of great wealth. So none of us really understand what it means to receive an inheritance from the Father. But I think... But think about um, the owner of Samson. Think about his children. Don't you think because so many, so much money is on the line, they will fight over, the children will fight over who gets the most amount of inheritance from their father? Think about being a prince of a country. Think about all the power, authority, and all the money that he's going to inherit from his father. Now think about the things that God has prepared for us as, and think about how, how great of an inheritance you are going to receive since you, are, you have become heir to the Heavenly Father. This is such a great promise that even the, the angels are, are jealous of us. It is because we are heirs. So do not forget this identity before the Lord. Do not try to sell your your, your inheritance with just uh, a bowl by uh, with just a bowl of porridge, like Esau did. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. What does it mean to be a co-heir with Christ? It means since Christ is has been crowned as king, we are also have, we also have been crowned as kings as well. That same authority has been given to transferred to us as well. 
if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So we share his sufferings and also share his glory as well. When a, for a nation to be destroyed and to be restored into another nation, for, for a nation to be destroyed and to be built as a new nation, um, the, 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 the perspective may change drastically between the, the people of the kingdom. The people who are living in the kingdom and uh, the, the, the king who was in charge of that kingdom, because for the people it may be better for the for the country to be rebuilt and to found a new leadership. But for the royal family, they are losing their 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 their, their, their own kingdom. And for a king to be removed, it means that the prince is going to inherit everything that the king had. As, as the heir to the throne. So that is the position that we are in. God is going to give us His inheritance. And we are named as co-heirs with Christ, as the kings of this earth. So this is all that you have to remember as you live with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. So, do you understand what it means to live by the Spirit now? Do you realize how dangerous it is to live by the flesh? How foolish it is to live by the flesh? This is a sermon that I have preached before, but the focus is a little bit different. Can you tell? Lord, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. May the Spirit of Jehovah come upon this place. The Spirit of the Advocate come upon this place. May we be more sensitive to the movement of your Spirit. May we live according to your Spirit. May we throw away the fetters of the flesh and, Father, truly live by the Holy Spirit. You shall live by the Holy Spirit. Spirit, may all the strength of the sex that has been festering within us be deraced at this time. That Lord, we would be a spirit filled with the power and authority of the Spirit. Hallelujah. There's many aspects to living in the Holy Spirit, but first, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to be activated inside of you. And so for this to happen, the most important thing is that the anointing. And so, so that you can feel that interchange, that, that active, the, uh, the dynamic of the Holy Spirit, the most important thing, first of all, is that anointing to move. And yet, gratefully, what, what are we thankful for? We're thankful for that in this community, the anointing is flowing, is flowing at all times. And so just come to this place and you'll see that anointing flowing. And so it's really important within a church for that anointing to always be there. And so, honestly, living by the Holy Spirit is something that you need to be able to practice. And so as I lay my hands upon you at this time, Father God, may this anointing flow, may overflow, may overflow in this explosive way as I lay my hands upon your people. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us pray all together. Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Because you're getting so stronger in your flesh, that's why you're becoming more and more self-centered. 
is if you are self-centered, you cannot live by God. It's when you, we are weak that we live in God. When we live, it's when we are weak that we can live by the authority of sonship. And so we, whatever means it takes, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's because we keep living by what we have that we're constantly meeting with our limitations instead of living by faith. And so as we pray once again, Lord, pour out powerful fire upon this place and all these bindings that keep limiting the Holy Spirit by your fire, may you burn it all away. Lord, at this time, grant us great fire. Grant us all this fire that can cut away at all the things that limit us. He who answers by fire, Yahweh is his name. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, help us to receive it in faith that in faith may this fire rise up from within us may it burn within us may it be uh, hot within us and all the bindings of our sins they shall all be completely loosened by the powerful fire of God this amazing fire Father may you come limitlessly upon this place once again Father pour out your fire upon this place fire 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 Amen, amen, Lord, we thank you. Yes, Lord, uh, this season, this season is the season for your remnant to be established. As, Lord, you are seeking those who are entering into glorification. And Lord, as this church lives by the Holy Spirit, may they all rise up into glorification. Yes, Lord, there is no reason to despair. There is no reason to, to, uh, to, to worry. Father, let us live by the Spirit by getting rid of our flesh. May we continually be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. May you pour out the kingly anointing upon this place. And as we receive that anointing, that we would go out and live our lives with the power and authority that flows through that anointing and as that anointing flows may we break down all the works of the enemy all of our lives he who has faith you shall receive this word in and as you receive this word it will be embodied in you and so Lord as we receive it in faith may we embody that word may we embody that word and may it be expanded upon our lives in every aspect of our lives the anointing of the king the anointing of the king Beloved saints and Lord Father, you who love us so much, Father, we cannot describe your love other than that it is explosive, that it is explosive toward love. And may this love, may we not doubt it for a moment, and may we not lose sight of it for even a moment. And Lord, May every single one of us live by your Holy Spirit, living by that freedom that is, comes with your Spirit. Oh, Lord, bless us in this time. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, there is nothing to be left. There is nothing to profit by living in the flesh. There is nothing to profit living indebted to the flesh. Only by living in the Holy Spirit can we live by the authority of the King. Bless us with this blessing. And as we live throughout this week, may we have amazing victory. And may the community have that victory together. And as we go to South America, open the way, prepare the way, and prepare the way for that victory. And 
And that we may be able to express that glory in our lives. And so, Lord, as this offering is offered up to you today, may it be a pleasing sacrifice to you. May you bring your blessings upon it. And may the riches of your glory, the riches of your kingdom, fill them. Fill them that it is your works. It is your kingdom that fills them and lives them. And may it, may it uh, bless each and every aspect of their lives, their children, their, their, their inheritance, everything. And that as those riches fulfill their lives, may it overflow to the world. That wherever they go, wherever they may be, that as these members step upon that land, may your kingdom follow after them. May you please be pleased with this offering. Receive this offering and bless them. And now, by the grace of Jesus Christ as the head of the church and through the holy love of the Father and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit to the saints who choose to, who determine to live by the Holy Spirit upon their children, upon their inheritance, upon this nation, upon this country, upon Zoe ministry and the church, upon Yerbang church, and may this blessing rest now and forevermore.